thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a great crowd. Thank you so much for, for, for tuning in at home. Um, let me just go ahead and, and give you a heads up. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah chapter 2 this morning. Uh, and I think I just heard somebody say, oh, is that exactly, you know, that, that, that was exactly my thought whenever uh, you're, you're trying to, to put together something. And, and, and this is just kind of the book that, uh, that, that, that God kept, kept pulling us to. So, uh, so we're going to spend some time in the book of Jeremiah. So as you're, as you're flipping to, uh, to Jeremiah chapter 2 or as you're turning on your Bible and um, you know, finding Jeremiah chapter 2, we're going to have you guys, if you would, one more time, let's just stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, just two verses and then we're going to pray. So Jeremiah chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 13. And this is, this is God speaking to the prophet, kind of laying out um, the the case against Israel, uh, like super great for Sunday morning, right? But, uh, but listen, this, this is where we're going this morning. So the Bible says, God's speaking through the prophet, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountains of living waters, and honed and, and hone themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that could hold no water. And verse 14 says, is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he plundered? So if you would, uh, let's just, I'm going to ask you to just to kind of stretch your hand toward me this way. And, and let's just, one more time, let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just move. That, Father, you would just um, open our hearts. God, open our ears. Open our minds to you, Father. That, Father, you would just give me the courage to, to, to be guided by you. In your name, Jesus, we know that, that, that a great work is going to happen. We, we know, God, that, that your word brings about change. In your name, amen. So you can be seated. So, so this morning, we're going to spend some time um, this morning, and we're going to talk about a really, a really simple concept. Now, if you are a big fan of the zoo or a big fan of the circus, might be a little hard on you this morning, but it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. Let's talk about, real quick, chained elephants. So, now, I am from a little further south when it comes to the state of Virginia. And we have been very blessed to, to travel uh, to, to, different, to different areas, not only in Virginia, but but throughout the U.S., uh, I, was, I was very blessed as, you know, the world was different when I was 13. Um, but I was able to, to take up, my, my, my grandfather drove long-haul tractor trailers. I was very blessed one summer to get to start in Maine, go all the way to Washington State, down to California, and, and back to Virginia. Now, again, different world because he would sleep in the truck stops, and I would go and, and hang out in the truck stops, which is... <laughs> which might be some of what, you know, what's wrong with me today, but God is good. But what I figured out, and, and even, you know, being, being a, a literature buff and, and enjoying to read and, and finding the literature of, of different areas, I have figured out that mostly in rural areas, like, there's something about elephants, and it seems like every time there was a circus way back like 60 or 70 or 80 years ago in a small town, there was one elephant that lost his mind and, like, attacked everybody and then had to be hung from the, uh, from the railroad tracks. I'm, 
listen, it's, it's, it's just, it's everywhere. Uh, you go back to Lee County, you go through Duffield, and, and they have the story. Uh, you, you can look it up, and there's like multiple rural, I think it's, it's one of those wives' tales of rural America. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to teach us. Uh, maybe, you know, don't buy pet elephants. I have no idea. But it's there. So when we're talking about chained elephants, way back when, uh, in, in the midst of, of most of these wives' tales, and I think a lot of them is that, uh, there's first, I don't think there's that many crazy elephants like, you know, in like southwest Virginia, but there might have been. But here's what I know. I know the world has changed a lot over the years, and, and you know, zoos have changed, and circuses maybe have changed a little bit. But there was a time when we talk about performing elephants. That's where we're going to spend some time. Some performing elephants. There was a time in the U.S., in the world maybe even, that there was generally two types of trained performing elephants, okay? There was one type that was the elephant that was captured from the wild. And I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and say those are the ones that wigged and kind of like run over everybody. I don't know. But there was elephants that was captured in the wild. And as you capture those elephants, there's elephants that were born into captivity, right? As you capture these elephants, they, they had baby elephants, in captivity. And so that, that's where we're kind of going to, to uh, that's where I want us to, to focus our thinking a little bit this morning. Just, just bear with me. I know it's different. I'm different. Okay, my mind works different than, than a lot of other guys, but, but just hang with me. Two types of chained elephants. Two types of training that goes into to making them uh, a performance animal. Making them do something whenever we go and sit down at, at the circus and they, you know, stand on rubber balls and, and, and lift guys up in the air. Two, two different things that, 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 that kind of help them become that. Okay, so let's go back. Jeremiah, 20, or Jeremiah 2 verse 13 says, For my people have committed two evils. Let me just kind of set this up. Two evils. Evil, evil number one. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters. I want you to hear me. My people, and again, this is, this is God speaking through Jeremiah. Listen, Jeremiah, a good strong name, but man, he had a rough life. Right? He, he had to say the stuff that nobody else wanted to say. He had to be the guy that, that nobody liked because uh, it's like he never said anything good to anybody, ever. But he was obedient. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. So, so let me just kind of walk you through what's happening here real quick. The people of Israel, the people of God, first and foremost, they had abandoned their source of salvation. When you, when you read Jeremiah, it's, it's riddled with all these warnings and all these cases that God has made against Israel. His people had abandoned the Lord as their source of salvation. They started looking to, for, for salvation and, and looking for, for something else to save them. They abandoned the Lord as their great sustainer. They started looking to, to, the, to, the, to the people around them, to, to all the, the cities and, and all, the, all the tribes around them to, to be the, their sustainer, to, to be the ones that, that give them what they need. 
And here's kind of where, where we start to get into it. Because when one generation abandons God, it hurts the other generation. What does the next generation do? So, so what we have here is we have Israel. We have the people of God who are starting to turn their back as the Lord of, of their source of salvation. They're starting to look to, for salvation in, in other idols, in other things, away from, from what God has said. This is how you make retribution. This is how you repent. And they start looking to, to other tribes and, and other, other things to sustain them, to, to, to make sure that, that they're able to, to live and to go on. And the next generation paid the price for that. Now I want you to hear me just for a second. The next generation paid the price. So I don't know where we're at. I don't know where you're at. But all I know is I was very blessed for three weeks of my life this summer to spend three hot, sweaty, stinky weeks with 771 students. And I'm telling you right now, some of those students, you can tell. You can walk the, the halls of our schools. This is why the back-to-school bash is so important. Because you can walk the halls of our schools and put your hand and put your finger and, and on the students that the generations before them has walked away from God. That the generations before them has stopped trusting God to sustain them. The next generation... And then in the evil number two, let me get through this. This is just, this is just, this is just the intro. Evil number two, and they hone themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. The second, the second gripe, the, the second complaint, the second case that, that God made against Israel, they created their own cisterns. For the living water. They created their own containers for the living water of God. Now here's who pays the price for that is the next generation. The, the, these cisterns, these, the, these containers, these vessels that they make, they're cracked and they're broken and they're flawed. Now I, I will tell you that it's important to be able to have something good that will hold water and not leak. Yeah? So, so here's what happens. They, they, they created... Vessels and containers for their own or, or, or for their living water, their own. So they created their own doctrines. They created their own worldviews. They created their own belief systems in God. So, so what happens is, is they started to allow things that God did not want in their homes. Yeah? They started to, to, to believe that, you know, well, God says this, but did He really say that? And then that, that's passed down to the next generation. And then the next generation goes to school and says, well, you know what? I, I, can, I can just, you know, be whatever I want to be. Or the next generation goes to school, gets bullied, goes home with no hope. 
and just calls it quits and ends everything. So first and foremost, this is a warning to my generation. Listen, I, I've got, and I'm so struggling with this right now. I'm getting two weeks, I'm getting ready to move my baby girl onto a college campus. It's not funny. Who laughed? Me laughing? That's not funny. That's very difficult. I know some of you guys have already been there multiple times. Well, good. You know, I haven't. It's hard. But if my generation has failed her, then I'm just sending her off to be destroyed. If my generation has failed my two sons, what am I setting them up for? Here's what the Bible says. Then Jeremiah 2.14 says this. This is, this is God's punishment. This, this is what he's saying. Then we're going to jump, jump right in and we're going to get out of here on time. Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he plundered? So let me, let me just kind of make this a little more understandable. Why are those under why are those under God's care left at the mercy of the enemy? See, why, why are those who that God has placed his, his handprint upon, right? Those that, that carry the, the, the thumbprint or the fingerprint of God as the creator. Why are those people left at the mercy of the enemy? Well, two things. First of all, either they chose to be, or could it be it's all they've ever known? Because that's what happens, right? That's what happens whenever you have captured animals or you have people who are captured by the enemy and they stay captured for so long that their offspring is born into the captivity of the enemy. It's all they ever known. It's all they know. All they know is mom and dad fighting. Listen, we had kids and it broke my heart. There, there, there was a girl that, that was sick and had to go home. And, and Tasha can tell you, she laid in the nurse's station and cried because she had to go back to her home. And it breaks my heart that there's kids who, the, it's all they've ever known is, is mom and dad fighting, is, is mom not caring or, or dad not caring or, or, or you know, nasty and filth on the TV and on the radio. They're chained elephants. We're chained elephants. So here's, here's what happens. Captured elephants. This, this is what happened. A captured elephant. If you're here, I'm telling you right now, and, and you know, don't be offended that I'm calling you an elephant, but if you look throughout, go back and look at the archives. You're not David. I just kind of tell you all kind of, you'll be all right. All right? I had some guy tell me one time, I cannot believe you just told everybody. Well, you're, you're not. So just bear with me and see yourself as one of these chained elephants. Because when you have a, a captured elephant, if you're here, this used to be me. And the enemy has, has, has captured you, has, has, has set a trap and, and tricked you. Yeah? Has, has enticed you with, with oh, this, is, this part of the world is, is so much better. 
Listen, young people in here, young people go, uh, that, that, that's, that may be watching online, I'm telling you right now, one of, the, one of the tricks of the enemy is going to convince you or attempt to convince you that a few moments of pleasure is so much greater than waiting for your husband or your wife. And I'm telling you right now, that is a trap and that is a trick of the enemy that's going to chain you and it's going to capture you and it's going to tie you to a post for uh, uh, the rest of your life. So see, there's captured elephants. There's elephants that, that, that know what it's like to be free. There's elephants that have been trapped. They've been caught. Some, they saw the bait and they made a, a conscious effort. They, they made a, a, a conscious choice. You know, here's the deal. I know it's bad. I see that it's bad. I know it's bad. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Let's just be real and be honest this morning. Can I do that? And there's other people, there's, there's other people, there's other elephants that, yeah, you know what? You, you, you're completely caught by surprise. You make one choice, the next thing you know, you're trapped. And then there's the home-born slaves. And this is, this is where we're talking in, in verse 14 is, is, you know, first, are you a servant? Have you, have you connected yourself to something that you have to serve? Because I'm telling you, once you go so deep in any sin... That sin rules over you. That owns you. You're its servant. It says jump. You jump as high as you can and hope it's good enough. You don't even ask. You just jump. But see, then there's home-born slaves. There's elephants. There's these things that they were born into captivity. They don't know the feeling of being free. They have no choice but but because it's what they were born into, Right? Maybe they, they, they've only heard stories of freedom. They, they've only heard maybe mom and dad in, in, in the moments of, uh, of, of just sitting and kind of looking at where their lives used to be and, and the great stories of, of, of how happy they were when you know, they weren't addicted or how happy they were whenever uh, you know, they, they were on the path that God had, had placed before them. But here's what I know about elephants, about us, our children, the generations, even in the Bible that were born into captivity, that that were born not knowing the freedom of God is first and foremost that desire, the desire for the wild, the the, the feeling, the, the, the need for freedom is inside of them still because it's in their DNA. Listen, to watch even little elementary school kids Get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Give their heart to Christ. Listen, the Creator created you and placed that in your DNA. That, 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 that desire to be free. That, that desire to, to want to live in the wild. To want to live in, in, in the freedom of, of His presence. It's inside of you. It's there. At home, it's there. You just got to wake it up. Maybe could it be that this generation of Israel, man, they craved freedom. They heard the stories of, of what it was like to, to be able to, to go and offer sacrifice at the temple. They heard stories of, of what it was like whenever they got to see God do great and amazing things. Maybe they crave it. 
Maybe you crave it. So here's where we are. We're right on schedule. That's where we are. We're right on schedule. The process of taming and chaining elephants. The process of taking these big, strong, powerful, giant creatures and making them wear silly hats and perform on big rubber balls. It's really simple. It's a process that you've been through. It's a process that, that unfortunately, I'm going to sit up here and be honest and say I've been through. Because what they do is they, they, they take the ones that they, they get in, in the wild. They take the ones they capture. And they drive a big stake in the ground. And they throw a big heavy chain around it. And in some countries, in some situations, they, they put little spikes on the chain. That way whenever the, the elephant pulls, it hurts. Right? And when it tries to get away, it hurts. And they take the little baby elephants, the ones that are kind of born into captivity, the ones that, that don't know any better. And they, they, they put a, a very small stake in the ground and, and a piece of rope. And they tie it around the elephant. And the elephant tries to pull and, and, and it can't. And it tries again and it can't. And so the process goes. And here's what happens. Eventually the, 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 the big adult elephant... It just, it just gets tired of trying. doesn't pull as hard. So they, they use a smaller stake and a weaker chain. And the baby elephant, he, he's growing, right? And he's, he's getting older and he's getting stronger. And, and it's still just a small little stake and a tiny rope. Then as the process continues, the big powerful beast, the, the elephant that was captured, the, the adult elephant, what happens is he finally gives in. So they take the same stake, very small stake, and they just put a ring around his leg. Just a ring. Not a chain, not a spike, just a ring. And then, at this point, the, the baby is all grown up, and, and the baby is strong and powerful like his parents. And it's still the small stake and the small little rope. So you've got a small chain and a ring, a hoop, a hula hoop, maybe. And you've got a small stake and a small rope. that are holding these big, massive animals in place. And this is how, there's a story of an old man as he's passing the circus. And he sees these, these, these big powerhouse of animals. And he asks the circus owner, he says, listen, you know, how, how do you do that? How in the world does that rope prevent that massive animal, that massive creature from running away? And the circus, the circus owner, he says, it's really simple. So ever since that, that, that elephant was a baby, that rope is all it's ever held it. And now that, that elephant is convinced in its mind that that rope 
will always hold me. That that rope is stronger than I am. So you take the big, the big parent elephants. You know, there was a time when, when they put up a good fight. But they're convinced. They feel that ring around their, their, their leg. And they're just they're done trying. They're convinced in their mind that that's what's holding them in place. That that's what's keeping them in captivity. And can I tell you that Israel, generations before me, and listen, even some in my generation, we've kind of bought into the same lie this morning. Maybe you've bought into the same lie this morning. Jeremiah 2.20 says this. It says, long ago, I broke the yoke that oppressed you and tore away the chains of your slavery. But still you said, I will not serve you. On every hill and under every green tree, you have prostituted yourselves. Now, I want you to hear me this morning. God has broke the yoke that is holding you in place thousands of years ago. You hearing me? His tore away any chain of your generation. He, he has made that available for you and made that available for me. And there's some of you in this place. There's some of us in this place. We got to get that out of our head that, that, that whatever is holding us is stronger. We got to change our thinking. That that small, little, insignificant rope. Is stronger than you are and the power of God that is within you. We got to get that. It is so important for the generation coming behind you that you understand that. Listen, it's important for your families, parents, that you understand that. It's important for your families, grandparents, that you get that. It's important for your spouses. It's important for your wives, husbands, that you understand that. It's important for your husbands, wives, that we get that. There comes a point in your life when you have to realize, when you have to rise up, when you have to stand up and say, you know what, I am strong enough to break this. Yeah? Can you say Amen. There comes a point where you have to rise up and say, I am strong enough to break this with the power of God. Now here's where we're at. If you've been trapped, maybe you don't even remember what freedom looks like. Maybe you've been trapped for so long, you have no idea what it's like to be free. You know, you've been a servant to whatever it is that is controlling you for so long, you forgot what it's like not to have to get up every morning and, and give in to it. You forgot what it's like not to have to go to bed every night and give in to it. Maybe you forgot what it's like that you, to, you, 
You don't get to, to, to watch television and, and give in to it. Hear a certain word and give in to it. See a certain situation and give in to it. Maybe, possibly, you're here, you're a home-born slave. It's all you've ever known. Apart from, from attending a snake handling church that scared the living daylights out of me growing up. I was a homeborn slave. My parents didn't go to church. You know what our church was? It was twice a year. Easter and Christmas. Because my mamaw's church gave out those little brown bags that had like the fruit and the gum. That's all. Our church was the lake. Our church was leave Thursday. Set up camp on Friday. Fish until mom got off work and brought my sister. Fish the rest of the weekend and then go home. That was my church. So I've been there. I know what it's like. Maybe you're a homeborn slave. Maybe you've only heard about this freedom that we talk about. Maybe you've only heard about, about what it's like to, to be able to operate in the things of the Spirit. What it's like to be able to, to move freely in the presence and in the power of God. Are you a homeborn slave? Have you been trapped? Have you been shackled? Have you been chained to a, a post with a big heavy chain maybe many years ago? And you fought and you fought and you wanted to be free. And you just gave up and said, you know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. Listen, that's the words of defeat. You hear me? That is the words of defeat. It is what it is. Is the words of you giving up. Well, you know what? So hear me this morning. Maybe you've been trapped. Maybe you fell for the bait. And you've been chained to this thing for a very long time. I don't know what it is. And you fought against it, and you've tried to prepare, and you've tried to get free. And you fought, and you fought, and you find yourself here this morning saying, you know what? No more. And if you would be honest and look, you would see just a, a very small chain. And in all honesty, a hoop that you could probably just simply step out of. If you're here and, and, and you consider yourself, maybe, maybe you are a homeborn slave. Maybe you, you, you haven't known any better. So let me, let me, let me help you a little bit here. As Pastor Tony's going to come and, and, and prepare some music. Let me help you out a little, just real quick. Are you trapped? Are you a homeborn slave? Is there a, a very small rope holding you? Is there a, a big chain holding you? Is, is it just a little hoop that, that all you really had to do was step out of and, and there you are and you're free? Do you use words when you're talking about the things of God like technically? Do you use words like technically? Well, you know, the Bible says when you're talking to people or, or you, you get ready to make a choice and, and you say, well, you know, technically. Do you look for the gray areas in your life? The, the, the gray areas. Well, you know, well, there's, it's really, you know, 
does it really say that I have to do this? Is it, does it really say that I have to come to the altar? Does it really say that I have to, to confess Jesus? Does, it really, does the Bible really say that I have to testify, that I have to, to, to share my faith with people? Because, you know, technically I do that whenever I do the right thing. There's a chance that you're chained. There's a chance that you're trapped. There's a chance that it's all you've ever known. Listen, my, my parents, they handed me zero, zero heritage when it comes to the things of God. Again, my grandmother now, if I wanted to handle snakes and carry hot coals, you know, I was right in there. But you know, it wasn't really my thing. Now, it was pretty amazing. If you've never seen that, you know, I don't know. If, it's, it's, it's something to see. But I wasn't given a, I wasn't given a heritage in the church of God. I wasn't given a heritage in the Baptist church that, that kind of took me in whenever I started trying to get my life right. I didn't have that heritage. I was a home-born slave. I was somebody that thought, you know what, I can give. Tithe is really just kind of, you know, what you can give. I was somebody that thought, you know, as long as, 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 long as I'm there on Sunday, I'm okay. I was somebody that thought like that for a very long time. Do you use phrases like, just before you do something you know you're not supposed to do, right? But you say, well, I know who I am. And I know my limits. Let me see, you're trapped. You're trapped. And it may not be a big trap. And it may not be a big chain. It might be something just small enough where you can feel like you have a little freedom. I'll tell you a funny story. Then we're going to fast forward and, and shine a little light on this situation, Okay. Make it a little more happy in here. There was a time in my life, even as a minister of the gospel, as a youth pastor in St. Charles, Virginia, that I was connected to the stake and chained to that idea that, you know what, I am, you know, I, I'm secure in my salvation. So I can go and, and, and watch this stuff and it not bother me. You guys ever say that? Let me tell you. You're chained to a stake. You are. You're chained to a stake. Because I was. I know that because I was. And we went, me and me and, and some of our friends, we went to the, the midnight showing. Now, now I, I, I hesitate at like saying movies and stuff from the pulpit because nothing, there's not a lot of teenagers in here, not a lot of kids in here. But uh, I'm going to tell you right now, don't go home and Google this and like, hey, let's see how bad it really is. Don't do that. But I found myself invited to the midnight showing of the exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm with, I heard, oh. But you know what? I'm like, okay, here's the deal. First of all, I'm securing my salvation. I know who I am. I, there's no way that cinema and make-believe is going gonna, is gonna to take my salvation from me. I, you know, I, I, I know who I am. <laughs> yeah. So... We sit through that movie, and, and you know, you did your research, you read all the, you know, what's a true story, and, 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 and all this other mess, and at the same time, you're like, it's, it's cinema. 
It's fake. It's not real. And I kid you not, for the first time ever in my life, hasn't happened since, has not happened again. I went to that movie. And I sat there and I watched the whole thing. And the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is a little freaky, but... And I know who I am. It's all good. Right? I, I, listen, I, I joke all the time with Tasha because when we talk about like growing up and, and music and movies and things like that, I'll tell her she, she, she had a great godly set of parents who was very strict on what they allowed her to see. So I, I laugh, you know, I say, well, Tasha grew up in a sanctified home. She don't know anything about that. I didn't have that growing up. Listen, I got to watch whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. And I carried that, I carried that, 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 that little stake with that small little, that, that small little rope attached to me. I carried that into my adulthood and even into my ministry. And then I'll find myself in a cinema watching a movie that I have no business watching as a child of God. And you say, well, that's not that bad. Well, what's bad is when I get home. At this point, midnight showing, it's probably 2.30, 2 o'clock-ish. And for the first time in my life, I find myself walking through my house, the house that I'm paying for, afraid to look in open rooms. Does you laugh now, but it wasn't funny then, because I'm a grown man at this point. Find myself afraid to look in rooms in my own house. Allie was just a baby, and, and she was at the point where she's still like sleeping with us in the bed, and and we're laying in bed, you know, straight to bed. Don't look around. Straight to bed. Get in bed. And at 3 o'clock on the dot, 3 o'clock on the dot, I will never forget it, Allie just freaks out, screaming and crying, both arms flailing, legs kicking. And I got up, and I walked to the kitchen, and I felt something in my house. I felt something. Something had followed me home. Something had, 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 had came from that theater with me to my home. And that was a point that I had to break a very thin rope. You know, it wasn't that hard to break. I had to break a very thin rope and learn a very hard lesson. So, don't stand here and tell God, hey, I'm secure in who I am. I know what I can do and what I can't do. And I know where my limit is because, no, you really don't. So let's fast forward to the New Testament. Galatians 5 and 1 says this. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. All of that to say this in just a few minutes. The church needed to hear this. Because the church is, in the New Testament, is human just like we're human. It was messed up just like kind of we're messed up. And the writer looks at him and says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, not you free, us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So I'm going to need you to stand, and I'm going to need you to hear me. 
and then we're going to pray. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. When we talk about chained elephants, when we talk about elephants that are captured and they're, they're strong or they were born into captivity, the, the generations before them has failed them. And they don't know any better sometimes. And you're here and you may fit one or two, or you may not fit any of this. This may not pertain to you at all. But I believe there's one. There's one in here that needs to hear this. And if there's just one, God's done His job this morning. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, in the freedom by which Christ has made you free. Do not be entangled again. Do not put it back on. Do not chain yourself back up to the post. Whenever God shows you what it is here in a few minutes, don't leave here and, and go and, 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 well, you know, it's all I've ever known. It's all I ever feel comfortable. And put that ring back on your leg. Don't give up in a week and say, you know what, I'm just going to tie myself back up because life is easier. Same thing happened to Israel, right? Things got hard in the desert. They said, let me just go on back. Let me just go on back to Egypt where I had it made. They quit. They gave up. They missed God said, okay, you'll never see the promise that the next generation is going to receive. Don't miss it this morning. Don't mindlessly, and here's what the elephants do. They, 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 they've given up right here. Mindlessly, they say, you know what, it's no use. So I'm telling you right now, this morning, do not accept the restraints of whatever trap you've fallen into. You know what, you fall in a trap fight like crazy to get out of it. I don't know how bad the trap is. I don't know how deep it is. I don't know how, how far it is. it's grabbed onto you. But I'm telling you this morning, fight like crazy to get out of it. Your generation, the next generation behind you is depending upon you showing them how to fight out of a trap. Don't accept the restraints of your past. Don't look at this little rope and say, you know what, that's always held me, so it's going to hold me forever. Don't accept that, guys. Don't accept that. Don't stand in this, this, this sanctuary, this hallowed ground of God, and just say, you know what, it's always been like that, so that's how it's going to be. Because Jesus Christ came to this earth, died for you, and resurrected, so it don't have to always be like it has been. And here's the last one, and we're going to pray. And this is very specific. Don't accept the restraints of your last name. Don't accept, don't, don't accept the restraints of your last name. You know what that is? I know that's specific, but that's for somebody. Who your parents were don't have to be who you are. The mess that you were born into the mess that you were born into doesn't have to be your life forever. I'm telling you right now, the mess that you were born into is a small little rope that the power of God can help you break that this morning. Don't, don't, don't fall in. Don't accept the restraints of who your family is. Of what they're supposed to be. 
So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ask you to move right now. We're not going to count down. We're not going to do anything fancy. If you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Jeremy, there's a chance that I'm trapped. I, listen, there's a chance. There's a chance that you're talking to me. There's a chance that, that I'm chained to something this morning, and I really need to kind of be free of it. I'm going to ask you to move right now. Just move. Listen, all you got to do is step out of the circle. Just move right now as you, as you start to move and you feel that little tug to say, oh, I probably shouldn't. You know what that is? That's that little rope. That's that small little rope that's holding you in your spot. And you start to step and you say, no. I'm telling you right now, if you'll break that rope, if you'll break that chain this morning, if you, if you will step out of that, God's got something for you. Don't accept the restraints of the trap. Don't re- accept the re- restraints of your past. I'm telling you right now, do not accept the restraints of your last name this morning because God has shown me He can take somebody with no heritage, no background, and give them a promise. Before Tony, before Pastor Tony sings, now here's what I need. I need every person this morning you fought out of the trap. You've been trapped. Listen, you've been trapped. Own it. Hey, I messed up. But I fought out of it. If you're here, you've been trapped and you fought out of it, I need you to come behind these and I need you to pray for them. If you're here this morning and you said, you know what? Yeah, I was chained and I was tied up and I broke free. I'm free. I broke free. And you believe these people up here can break free also? I'm going to need you to come and stand behind them. There's not an ask. That's not an ask. 